This episode is proudly brought to you by Lululemon. Athleisure brand Lululemon and Movember proudly unite for the third year of their partnership to improve men's well-being through movement, mindfulness, and connection. Check out Lululemon's Movember product collection at lululemon.com.au. Welcome to episode 261 of the Inside Running Podcast. It's been another big week in the world of running. We have Noosa Bolt, UTA and New South Wales 3K champs to chat about, a listener question to answer, and we have another Aussie rep joining us as guest host. But before that, welcome to the man who back in 2017 on episode zero of the Inside Running Podcast said that the best thing he'd probably ever achieve in running would be winning three Great Ocean Road marathons. Mm. He's since gone on to run 214 for the marathon and represent Australia at a World Championships. Welcome, Julian, the Big Moose Spence. Thanks, Brad. You've obviously gone back in the uh, archives. Yeah, so, yeah, I had a bit of time um, last week, but I was mainly looking to see when our five-year birthday was going to occur. So I went on to Podbean, and our first official episode was the 1st of November 2017. That was episode zero. So 1st of November is tomorrow. So that's our five-year birthday, Moose. So was that that would have been two months? No, sort of like five weeks after Berlin, or two months after Berlin? No, yeah, about five weeks because I holidayed for a bit, so I just got back from overseas, and so mm. episode zero was about you know what we plan on doing, like the format of the oh, of yeah. the show. Um, it was actually quite funny listening to it. I'm not sure if Brady's going to re-release it, but just hearing like we had lofty goals of reviewing a few pairs of socks and. Yeah, your definition of what elite, sub-elite and um, weekend warrior was. And you're also very up and about with your 218 at the time. Well, yeah, 218 still faster than Brady, isn't it? Yeah, but according still to your... Still hasn't beaten that time with all the running he does. <laughs> he, will in a few, he will in a few weeks, though. Yeah. That is sad for him. Yeah, well, we hope so. Yeah, but, it, but on that show, Zero, your definition of elite was sub-220 for the marathon. Yeah, I'll take... Oh. I can can I update that? Yeah, because it was like, oh, boys, yeah, I reckon Elite's like sub 220. Now, at the time, you're the only one that had gone sub 220. Yeah, let's update that for sure. 215 is yeah. probably the mark, I reckon. What about, right. yeah, let's let's get the next, let's get the other, the host's opinion on that. Yeah, all right. So, our guest host this week, he's a 212 marathoner, a two times Australian cross country champion, represented Australia at this year's Commonwealth Games in Birmingham but he's probably best known as captain of the Divi 1 Premiership winning Bendigo Bats. Welcome, Andy Buchanan. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Uh, in my opinion, elite is the best of the best. So unless you're making world champs, unless it's in Doha, uh, world champs, <laughs> Olympics kind of thing, you're not elite, in my opinion. Nah, so I'll, I'll pay that, except for the Doha bit, I'll pay that. <laughs> so, Andy, all those things that I listed off, 212 Marathon, Aussie cross-country champ, Com Games rep, 
DV1 Premiership winning captain. Which one are you most proud of? I knew this question was coming. Uh, it's You can't go past representing your country, uh, as you would know, Moose. But, um, yeah, so probably the Commonwealth Games, closely followed by the, the Bats getting mm. up for the Premiership. Who nice. actually um, who elected you captain? Because Brady was telling us that he was the captain all year. Nah, Brady Frost, Brady Frost, Andy. <laughs> Andy's captain for sure. Surely you guys know this, that about 80% of the stuff that comes out of Brady's mouth is bullshit. Um, mm. So it's just, I don't know, he just makes stuff up and people believe him and then it becomes an actual thing. So he, yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I think it's one of those, ins, those um, when we're putting stuff on Instagram, he just talks a whole heap of shit and that was just what I was called and then it's just kind of. Just stuck a little bit, but nah, there's no captains out in our team. We're just a united front. Mm, there's a few, but few teams coming for you. We've already had a preseason meeting. We're about to hit cross country preseason, and we had a meeting saying, and there was a few opinions getting thrown around. Like, geez, it'd be nice to end that carry on that's going on in Bendigo. You should see how many. Um, I should have worn the shirt tonight, actually. How many of the Premiership shirts just get around Bendigo? There's people are wearing them everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah, you just gave them away down there. Yeah, we want to give it, celebrate. Give them away the at the supermarket. Yeah. Get a sausage and a, and a Bendigo Bats t-shirt. Everyone's <laughs> on board the Bats, Moose, everyone. Hey, uh, Andy, we haven't uh, spoken to you since Com Game, so got a couple of questions. One, what was the experience like, um, and and were you happy with how how the race went for you? Yeah, so it was like, I don't know, it's so hard to explain what the, the whole experience was like. Like going to St. Moritz, um, living like a full-time athlete, surrounding yourself with those people was was so unique and I'm so glad I got to do it. Um, the Commonwealth Games, it's like as a runner, like you kind of have Olympics, world champs, and then Com Games is kind of equal with world champs in my opinion. And I know that's the same with a lot of runners, whereas like you forget with the general public in Australia, like Com Games is massive. Like it is huge. Like I, so I probably undervalued that a little bit and, um, <clears throat> and just how many people were kind of supporting me, uh, which was really cool. But it was pretty unique standing on the start line at a Com Games marathon and only having ran one marathon before. So that was, um, that was a pretty tricky situation because you kind of like, did I just fluke that first one? Did it all just click and I'm actually not, Am I, am I any good at this? And looking back, I was probably a little bit, um, a little bit too reserved. I think um, I wish that I kind of, I didn't realize how far ahead that front, that front group got, and um, I, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to come away and have a poor, a bad experience, and that be my only Australian team I make. And people are like, oh yeah, no, you went to the Com Games. You're like, yeah, but I DNF'd, or I finished last, or I ran like two twenty. So that was, yeah, it's um. I know it was a really good experience. Looking back, I just wish that I um I had a bit more confidence in the marathon, but I think that only comes through doing more marathons. So it was um yeah, I was really really pleased with it, and finishing seventh was a good result. But um yeah, so I think that answered your question, Brad. It's yeah. a, it's it's actually a really interesting position to be in because up the front of the field, the pressure is on to get a medal, and then if you're not going in with expectations of a medal. It's like, please don't look like a fuck, fucking idiot, like, yeah. and blow up and and limp home or DNF. And yeah. like, I I can sort of empathise with you a little bit because I was I was not nervous about like 
when I ran, I was I just didn't want to fuck up. Mm. I didn't I didn't want to be the person on the sideline looking like an, an absolute like dipshit. Yeah, and you know, so many people are at home like tracking your results and watching it live, and you're like, shit, this is more than just me. Like normally, I'm used to running just for me, and it's so much more and that adds so much pressure and like i knew that liam would be chasing that medal because this is probably going to be his last com games like and um and he's finished up there a few times so i knew he'd chase that but um and yeah he chased really hard but it was um yeah i probably just didn't realize they were so far in front at halfway like i thought they might be a minute or two but they were like three or four minutes and you're like you, you really can't even with smart running you can't chase down that that gap in the second half so and what's it been like the last few months, both mentally and physically coming off that marathon? Because by your standards, you know, National Cross, Melbourne Half weren't great performances and your Strava bars looked a bit sort of up and down. So what's the last few months been like? Yeah, so it's been a big year, like, and you forget, you don't count in the tax of, um, of oh, I didn't count in the tax of doing Hamburg in April having a bit of a reset and then getting selected for com games quite late and then having a peak for another marathon. Um, and with the super shoes these days, you get it, you think you're okay after a marathon. And I think the old, the older generation will be like, nah, like three, four weeks because they literally couldn't run for that long because their calves will get so beaten up in the old shoes. And, um, yeah, I kind of had two easy weeks. I was like, oh yeah, I'm fine. Went over and did national cross, which was stupid. Like, Scotty, my coach, was just like, you're an idiot. And um, I kind of copped that on the chin. And then, yeah, Melbourne half just didn't run well either. So I actually had um, – I, I had a week off after Melbourne half. Um, I was just kind of chatting to a bloke I work with. He used to be a cyclist. And he, he follows running, and he has a really good perspective kind of outside of your inner circle. Um, you know how you can just get caught up in your own little world, whereas he kind of sits outside that, and he's just like – why don't you take a break? Like, you're, you're obviously not running that well, like, and you've been putting in the work, so it's, you're probably just overworked. And um, <clears throat> so I actually had a week off after Melbourne half, and I didn't miss running at all. Um, and I was like, fuck, I love running. Like, I need another week. So I ended up taking two weeks, and, um, yeah, so being back training now for a week and a half and feeling good and the motivation's back. So it's, um, yeah, I hate I hated getting – getting rolled by a few people that I normally beat um, at a few of those races. And that was enough motivation because I kind of, I wanted to do Bernie 10, but I was like, what have I got to lose? Like if it's, if I have two weeks off, I miss Bernie 10. Whereas if I don't, I just fuck myself for summer. And then there's like world cross trials and it's just like, yeah. So Mm -hmm. in the end, I think so many of us would benefit from just stepping back for a little bit. Like there's not many sports like running where it's like (laughs) every week of the year, um, so, yeah, that's why Strava doesn't look that impressive at the moment. Um, pretty uh, inconsistent, but um, but that's okay. And I think I needed that break and it was kind of a perfect time for it. Tell me, Andy, when you had the conversation with Scott about National Cross or about your plans and you make decisions that he hasn't agreed with, like talk us through that dynamic. Like is does he get upset with that? Yeah, so like I've been with Scott for probably well, probably eight years now, um, and we've got a we've got a really good relationship where we both trust each other, and anything he says, I hundred percent back. And um, there's I got in a bit of trouble when I ran Giles Park, 
um, two weeks after Hamburg. And he's probably, because he's ran a lot of marathons and he understands the impact it has upon your body. Whereas us with the super shoes, we're a little bit naive, I'd say. Well, myself, I am. And um, so there was a bit of, not friction, but he was a bit annoyed with me. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. But at but it's tough because like I love the team um, and running for Bendigo and like you know what that's like Moose like you you're running and you're not thinking about yourself which like that never happens so the team's an important thing but mm-hmm. so there's been a few times this year where we've um, had different opinions but we like I don't know it's 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 nothing bad and it's just like after national cross I'm sure he was like yeah you made the wrong decision I told you you shouldn't do it and it's like yep that's that's good learning but it's just like I know I think he probably gets annoyed for a day and then we kind of move on and it's nothing yeah but he he kind of lets me do what I want in a way um I think he trusts well he used to trust my judgment I don't know if he does anymore (laughs) but um yeah no we we work really well and it's um we kind of got to because I don't see him and he doesn't see me training and that's the tricky part where I have to be quite independent because it's not like he sees me do a set of k reps and go nah you're done like you just don't look very good like it's um Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we rely on that good communication, which we normally have. Well, I'd say we always do, and it's just – I was just naive, and I was probably a little bit too cocky, just like, oh, yeah, cross-country's my jam kind of thing. Like, I feel recovered. But, like, after those those big championships, like, the race takes it out of you, but then the whole championship takes it out of you twice as much kind of thing, that whole building up for something for eight, ten weeks, and then that high of it being on and then the low of it been over and you're like just back to normal life you're just a normal person again so it's um yeah i don't know we definitely disagree but a few times but we we move on pretty quickly you got a taste of the uh pro life though oh it's so good (laughs) it's so it's so good for for sections like in switzerland like the tour was on so i was literally like my day would be you'd sleep in a little bit wake up at like i don't know 8 30 have a little bit of food, go for your run, come back, tour would start, you'd watch that, you'd walk down to the lake, you'd get a coffee that would cost bloody like 10 bucks and then you'd, <laughs> you'd come back, watch a bit more of the tour and then like F1s was on. Like it's just, yeah, it's good, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it every all year round, I don't think. Yeah. Hey, Andy, I, I heard rumours that you were going to be doing Fukuoka. Is- yeah, <clears throat> um, they were... They were very early on rumours. Um, so I definitely spoke with Nick pre-Com Games um, around, I don't know, at the moment I'm just really keen to expose myself to more marathons. Um, I kind of plan to do Gold Coast when it got cancelled, plan to do Melbourne, and I know what will help my development is just more marathons um, and just learning it and getting more experience. So I was probably eager and like, oh, yeah, I'll do another one after Com Games. And then I I just came back from Com Games. I was like, I cannot imagine doing a marathon session. I can't imagine trying to hit two and a half hours everything, every single Sunday. And um, I kind of said no to that pretty early. So they those rumors developed, but that was, mm-hmm. yeah, pre post-Com Games, there was I was never planning on doing it. Is it ever tricky for you when you have like a manager who's also a coach but not your coach and you've got your own coach and so Nick might say, hey, I reckon you should do this event and then but Scotty's like, no, nah, I don't want you to do that event like, and you're all sort of in the middle? Yeah, not really. Like Nick's, Nick's only – Nick's not there that often for me and he doesn't need to be. Like I'm just a domestic runner and he'll probably get me into one race a year and that's a marathon and I 
like I know where I stand in that and I'm I'm happy with that and we get along really well and I think it helps that Scotty was managed by Nick so Nick Nick trusts Scott with everything he does and um and all that kind of stuff and they work really well together so I've never felt that um and like that's the thing Nick he doesn't he's not making money off me so there's no mm. there's no real pressure there and it's it's I think he's um he's generally just wants to help me um which is really good so it's it's working really well at the moment, um, and and if Nick kind of says, "Oh, let's do this," the first thing I talk to is Scott about it, and he already knows about it, and we're all kind of moving forward together. Um, so it's worked really well so far. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right, which one of you two wants to talk through last week's training? I, I noticed you got through 136k, Andy. So yeah. yeah. Well, you, do you want me you to got, go first, Moose? Yeah, or? well, you got the highest you out of all first. three of yeah, us. Yeah, you go first. Not the highest. Lovely. Uh, so my Monday morning kicked off with uh, with just some gym. So that was good. Um, got that done and then ran in the afternoon. Did you, an hour. Do you do, do you do that in a gym or at home or where do yeah, you Yeah, so <clears throat> my job is um, I work at a, at a school and we have a uh, athlete development program. So our classroom is a gym, essentially. So imagine a... Imagine a basketball court with what do we got? Sixteen platforms and racks. So it's um it's a pretty good gym. Like I would argue it's better than the VIS. Um, so that is where I work, and that's where my office is. So I just go in there. Um, so I actually normally work out at six a.m. with uh, Virginia McCormick, as she's known as um, these days. So she comes in and does a gym session. It's good because there's no one else in the gym. So it's um. Yeah, I love it. It's good fun, and I do, yeah, three gym sessions a week, and it's probably my, it's actually one of my favourite parts of the week, um, doing that gym stuff. So, is she that, working there at the school or as no, well? No, no, she just she lives, she lives locally, um, and she she really wanted to improve her strength because she was getting a few injuries. So, I just kind of said, oh, come on in, and I can kind of teach you some stuff. So it's it's good fun and like. And having that having that person to go with, especially like we do it before work, so it's like six a.m. So it's pretty early. So it's like if if I don't go, she can't get in because I need to let her in. So that's kind of my motivation sometimes when it's uh when it's a bit cold, you can't be bothered getting out of bed. But once you get there, it's it's good fun. So so you're doing that before you run? Yeah. So I work on a Monday, so I do that before I um before I or when I get to work in the morning, and then I finish work at midday. Uh, so that's why I run at 12:30. So that's just one, one my, run. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's just one of my that's just one of my half days. Um, so I did an hour through the bush. Uh, what was it? 13.8 k. Actually, fell over on this um, because I was as it's ra- it's rained so much, and you know when you run up a path and the path is literally like a stream because that's just the the lowest point. And um, you just slipped over, which was quite funny. So it ended up being very wet on that run. Um, Tuesday morning, just did 7K with the kids that I coach. Um, so she's pretty cruisy. Well, I don't normally do 7K, but I kind of jumped in and tried to keep up with a few of the kids for a little bit there. Um, and then Tuesday afternoon, had a had a big group at the track, and we did um <clears throat> did 10 by 400. And you know you've got a good group when you only lead two reps. Um, so that was pretty unique. I don't really get to do that very often, but it was, yeah. So 10 by 400 off a minute, uh, running 60, 67, 66, 64, 65, 63, 61, 62, 61, 62, 61. So that was, um, 
that was pretty good. That was my second session back. And um, my first session, I did three by five minutes and felt terrible. Um, so I felt pretty good that night. I think it just goes to show the difference between like fitness and like probably condition. Like I think you lose a bit of that condition, but fitness stays when you've got consistency. So um, mm. yeah, that was a that was a good session. Like 61s haven't felt that easy in probably five or six years. So I think it just goes to show that little break was was needed. Um, how many, so, how many in the group are running 61 second 400 meter reps? Yeah, so we had, <clears throat> sorry, we had three three people doing 400s, and then we had uh, five people doing 500. I'm oh, sorry, 300s. So we'll start together. Uh, a few of the kids would get to 300, and then they'd walk, jog, 100, and then we'd all start together again. So um, yeah, we've got a pretty good pretty good training group here. They're all uh, all part of the Benigo Bats. Um, so, so look out. Scotty, give, Scotty gives you this session and you just palm it onto the kids as well? Nah, so this is my first – this was my first session. Um, so, Scotty, I – after my break, I was like, I'm just going to do my own thing for two weeks, um, just run to field, do whatever. And I planned a 300 session for the, the kids that were racing this weekend at all schools. Um, so I kind of worked my session around them, whereas normally – it's very much, oh, yeah, I'm doing this session. Yeah, this would work great for you, you 16, 17-year-olds. So um, nothing like some some young training partners. Uh, but they keep me honest. They're so fast. Like, they just take off, and I'm just like, oh, geez, this is rough. Um, <clears throat> that was good. And then Wednesday, we had a Bendigo Cup. So that was on Wednesday. So we didn't actually get Melbourne Cup holiday here in Bendigo. So got to run at 9 a.m., which was a – a good thing ran out at uh mount herbert so ran through a fair few puddles out there did 16.7k uh fair bit of elevation game which is good fun so that was an hour 24 uh thursday what did i do i ran with the kids again so that was 4k just yeah very chill um and then in the afternoon did a 10 mile loop which was 70 minutes through the bush again pretty nice looking loop that one um for those playing at home on strava Friday morning, did the uh, the famous wedge. Have you guys heard of the wedge? I haven't, no. So it's, it's called... It's a real cookie thing, this. It is, it is. It's called the beast's wedge. And Jamie used to do, oh, I reckon about 70% of his weekly mileage around this wedge. <laughs> and it looks like the shape of a wedge. And it's uh, it's like 2.8K around. And Cookie <laughs> just used to, like, just run around there like there was no tomorrow. So did... um. <clears throat> Did three laps around there, uh, nothing too fast. This was the first session that Scotty programmed, and it was just he just wanted some solid huff and puff, but nothing extravagant. So it's 2.8k around. So I ran 306 pace for the first one, 304 for the second, and 305 for the third. That was just two minutes standing recovery. So nothing, nothing sexy there. Just kind of just good honest work, um, and then. Saturday morning, uh, yeah, just a nice easy uh, 18K, so an hour 25, just a nice flat loop on some pretty easy trails. And then Sunday morning, uh, two hours 14 over Mount Alex, which is um, about 20 to 30K south of here, actually running along the uh, the gold fields for a bit, Moose, the, uh, mm. the track that heads all the way down to Ballarat. So that was – Good trail. Um, yeah, yeah, so 28K. 773 meters i think one of the k's has about 124 meters gain in the k have you seen this hill he's run up 
I'm like scrolling up it and it's like there's parts here that says 29.2% gradient. I'll have a look. Oh, wow, that's steep, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you're running, what, seven seven minute – oh, here you go, 1K – yeah, seven minute Ks. Surely yeah. that's not a good idea to run that. <laughs> it's – I don't know. I love that kind of – like I'm always – like you'll notice if you look through my week, I run in a different spot every single day and I just, I need that. Like I, it's one thing COVID taught me was just, I used to be so routine where Monday was always this spot, Tuesday, like, and I was running the same spots and I just love adventuring. Uh, I don't know if Scotty likes it, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's good fun. Um, and I like the challenge and the strength of it. So, and my theory is it's pretty, this loop actually doesn't have that much downhill and it's pretty low impact as well. So it's not a super stress as compared to, say, a, a 30K long run at 402s, which you would know all about, Croaks. Yeah. Well, one of my questions is, so you did 136K with 2,314 metres of elevation, which I remember that episode, Moose, where you talked about how many meet, like, you know, 10 yeah. to 15. Like, this, this, is a, this is a hilly week. Like, are you, like, do you purposely try and run a lot of elevation in a week? Yeah, I do a little bit. I especially when I'm not like at the moment, I'm just cruising along, enjoying training. Like I'm not, I'm not super focused. I'm I haven't got a marathon in six weeks, kind of thing. So like, if I've got a big race in a few weeks or a few months, I won't do this stuff because it's just a little bit like high risk of rolling an ankle, that kind of stuff. Whereas when I'm just out training, I really like it, and I think it's um, I don't know. My average run probably has about 200 meters elevation gain, whereas I think so many people just avoid the hills, and I. I honestly think they're so good for you. So it's um yeah there's like a, a there's like, a difference, mate, between running 200 meters in a 16k run and 173 meters in 1k. Yeah, well that's it's a bit of an extreme. You that's hiking, run, right? You hiked in that. I know you hiked a bit. No, of I actually ran the whole way. Uh, Matt Buckle, he he joined me. He'll hate me saying this, but he actually walked the last little bit. It was very slippery, but um yeah, no, I'm running. That's my rule. It's it's a run. We're not. We're not trail runners. We're not walking. Mm. That's mm. steep. That is steep. I'll, I'll, like, no question. What about weight? 136K? Yeah, no, nah, it was um, – I'm pretty happy with that. It all just kind of ticked along, two good sessions, some good long runs, and, um, yeah, some good elevation. So it was, it was a good week, good – uh good step in the right direction so hopefully i can um yeah have another good week this week coming next race for you yeah i'm not sure actually i'm i might do vic milers 3k oh yeah because i'm i'm in two minds about zadapec um just because i go on a school camp like two weeks before and we actually go to mount beauty and we hike up um a trail that you know very well the staircase staircase yeah yeah so we literally hike up to the top of bogon then back down and it's just like croak you know what school camps are like you literally live off four or five hours sleep and it's just Mm -hmm. i've done sure croaks knows much about school teaching he doesn't seem to do it very often (laughs) maybe you can remember back from all those i've been on i've been on a camp or two Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'm not sure about Zadapec. It's, a, it's a maybe. Um, and I'm, uh, like, Scotty proposed this 3K just to see, like, where am I at? Do I enjoy getting back on the track or not? So, I don't know. It's just a bit of fun just to um, go down and 
flog myself for seven and a bit laps. Yeah. Well, you got to get back sometime, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And then I'll um, like I'll I'll definitely do World Cross Trials is the next big race that I'll I'll aim towards, and then maybe a marathon in April. How's the confidence on you uh, getting yourself a spot? Yeah, it's really tricky. Like you see some of those Australian Americans, and they're really good. So you, without even factoring them in, you look at like uh, Jack, Brett smack all those guys and it's pretty tough but i i just kind of think back to gels park when i was running well like i wasn't that far behind stewie like i think around the same time as as jack rayner um and that was two weeks after hamburg so i think if i can get back into that form um i'm a chance and i i really back my cross-country ability and i know national cross wasn't a true representation of where i'm at so um yeah i don't know i'm confident within myself but i know that it's not just a – you don't just walk onto that team, especially these days. Like, it is it is super deep. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, and there's going to be a few spots that may go to people outside the trials race too, right? Like Yeah, well, like, I'm here and uh, they're being told, if you want a spot on the team, come. Yeah, okay. Um, and, that, like, and that makes sense because it's it the race is, what, mm. a month or two afterwards? It's not that long after. Mm. So you'd think you'd come here – you'd spend summer here because if you're over in America, it's winter and you go to Bathurst in March, like that's, <laughs> that's yeah. going to be a rough, um, yeah, rough race. So I think, I think most will come, um, because it's just, it's going to be a really hard team to make. So I, I, I'm pretty sure most have been told if you want a spot, come to the trial. Well, roll off some names. We got like Pat, Pat, Pat Tennant, Mo- yeah. Morgan McDonald, Kai Robinson. There's three big ones from America. Mm, even the Zach, I always butcher his yeah, last Fat, name. Faccioni. yeah. Yep. Well, I heard, um, I heard Pat Tiernan's coming back, like, for the summer. So he'll be, he'll be based here. And I heard maybe the on guys are coming back as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm hearing that, um, that maybe Stewie and Ollie might go for that 4 by 2 k because there's oh, two yeah. males, two females, so that yeah. that frees up a little, a few spots, but it's still, um, yeah, it still adds up pretty quickly. It'll be a good team, whoever they send. Yeah, it will be, and that's that's exciting. That's um, I don't know. I hope everyone's getting excited because it's not very often a a world championship race comes to Australia, let alone World Cross. So um, yeah, it'll be good. We'll have to start working out what we're doing if we're doing anything. Oh, we've got to get up there. We've got to get up there. Viv's keen to go. She's she's packed. She's ready to go. We've got the got the camper van. Big uh, fan of the the uh, car racing, is she? I just big fan of the cross country. Uh, I could imagine you up there at Bathurst Croaks, just like sitting on the time. hill for two, three, two, three days. Just with monsters. My, with my six, 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 six pack of tinnies. <laughs> You'd need uh, more than a six pack if you're there for two days, I <laughs> All right, Moose, talk us through your week. Biggest week for me in a long time. I think I ran like 85K or something. Uh, so I started on Monday, had some pretty crazy wins. I know Strava always seems to undercut the wins because I it was, it was horrid wind and it only says 32K an hour, but it was seriously strong wind. So I actually drove up 
to the, to the other side of the hill to try to run um, out of the wind a little bit and just did 45 minutes, 10K on some dirt roads. And, uh, yeah, next day we, we copped a, a shitload of rain and I ran on some trails that I probably shouldn't have. They're, they're not handling it too well down here, the old trails. They're, <laughs> the top layer's gone from most of the fire roads and even with trail shoes on, you still don't get any purchase underneath that wet top layer. The top layer is now thicker and thicker, so you're just collecting clay on your shoes. So I've had to adjust where I run a bit lately. Um, so on Wednesday, I actually did a threshold that was mainly on um, the asphalt because of how bad the trails were. So I, I just had my um, heart rate showing. I did 30 what I do about 30 minutes I ended up I was going to do 35 to 40 but I stopped because my knee started to hurt a little bit and this is the kind of workout that always seems to flare my knee up uh, now that I know like definitively I probably shouldn't do this type of workout I will stop but I, I kind of tried to have um, like a maximum heart rate if I was on the flat of 165 I would allow myself to go higher than that if I went up a hill but then I made sure that it dropped back to 165 as a max when I went on the flat so sort of like marathon type effort but over hills um it actually only ended up 73 meters which is kind of a little bit disappointing because I, I definitely went over some hills uh, there was a bit there was a bit through the middle that was flat for sure but I ended up going up hills that like you wouldn't find in any real road race so yeah not too impressive especially the elevation game for the um for the workout uh the next day i went and just jogged again just real easy 45 minutes i'm just starting to add a few more minutes to every easy run just to get the k's up slightly 45 minutes on friday did a workout saturday i Wanted to do it. Look, if I had a track in town, I would have done a track workout on this day, but I don't. And the footy oval and cricket oval are too wet right now. So I, I didn't bother going up there. And across the road from my where I live is the Anglesey River sort of bank. And um, it's got a concrete footpath that runs all the way along it with a car park at the end um it's melbourne cup week it's melbourne cup weekend down here so it's pretty busy at the start it was fine then the, then the path got busy by the end and it wasn't ideal um but i i did a workout that was i thought that i thought the distance was more like 800 meters and so i'd planned on doing eight by 800 meters but after the first rep i worked out that it was actually like one point two three to two five k and my like it was three minutes 50 around about per rep uh, and that that that's a lot harder than doing k repeats especially when you're doing it at an intensity that you thought you were doing 800s at to begin with and then you realize there's like an extra 400 to go in it so the three minutes 50 per uh per interval when I was expecting it to be about like two minutes um, 25 to two minutes 30, it was quite difficult. Like 
um, physically. I actually had a good one mentally, like I really enjoyed it and I felt good working hard. Um, but I did cut it down to five reps so that I, like I, I didn't overcook it. Um, so I went out, I was pretty windy as well. I was getting a headwind on the way back. So tailwind on the way down, I was sort of doing out and back. So at, at like 600 meter mark, I'd normally be at around 303 type pace. And then by the time I finished, it was about 306 pace. So um, the paces that I ran were 306, 304, 305, 303, 305. And I was taking 96 seconds just standing recovery and haven't done a lot of these workouts lately. Definitely hard to do if you've been running your like your speed workouts, doing only really a minute to, to two minutes worth of work and then going up to three minutes 50 pretty hard because the threshold stuff I'm doing is a lot slower so yeah it was um it was a bit of a uh baptism of fire I guess back into the vo2 max stuff um but I I liked it and I think I'm going to have to do this because I've got a couple of races coming up so have to do it you're gonna pretty good it's a pretty good session like I know I fall into the trap of like you do k reps I do k reps a lot and like that extra two three four hundred meters is really hard like sometimes i do say eight by k and then if you do five by mile that rep is so much harder because i think mentally you're so used to just doing a k and you tell yourself it's just a little bit more than a k but it's actually a lot harder and i don't know that's a pretty i haven't been following your, your strava march or your training and um that's a pretty good session i think for where you're at yeah thanks i was happy with it at the end it also made me think more like a coach to think if I'm giving someone K reps and the K reps are done in 350, it's very different to giving someone K reps who do it in 250 mm. because it's an extra minute that they do at the same intensity. Mm. Like that, you, you, it's it's not the same workout. Yeah, you, you kind of have to consider that um, the the heart rates are the same, the effort levels are the same, but but the the slower athletes out there for a whole minute longer. Um, we really should be giving more time-based intervals, shouldn't we, if we want the same intensity? Yeah, definitely. Um, jog the next day. No, I didn't. That was a workout, but I did jog just a bit longer. So I did my longest run since March. I went for an hour 37, did a, the reverse loop of where um, I've done the last two weeks. And this was like we're still avoiding some of the trails down here because of how wet and muddy they are. So I got 21.6K, and I finished the run feeling like I could have done 30. I was feeling fine. So I was, like, really confident after this one. This one gave me a bit of a boost, like a bit of confidence that um, I can get back into some proper training. So, yeah, I finished the run, and, like, I stopped running. Other people kept going, and I was really, like, tempted to join them. But i got to be a, be a smart – got to be smart about it. Um Maybe after the race that I do in two weeks, I'll start to kick up the long run a bit just because uh, I know like I can feel how I can feel the, the lack of the long run in the workouts I do. It's just a strength that's missing. So I look forward to be able to, to sort of bank a few 90 minute to two hour runs soon, soon enough. But we had a fantastic group. I reckon we had like 15 people. It's it split into like pace groups pretty early, but brilliant group going on and i hope like hopefully that's the start of a good summer of group long runs 
Nice work, Moose. Thanks. All right. I'll uh, whip through mine. Uh, I had an okay week. I ended up missing a day um, just to get on top of a niggle, which I developed from the previous Sunday. So I don't know if you guys have ever tied your shoes a bit too tight and the tendon that's sort of right around where you, the tongue is and where the laces are tied. So I got to about an uh, hour 50 of the Sunday run and I could just feel it a little bit. And it was there on the Monday and the Tuesday, but it was only when I was wearing shoes. If I was walking around the house, you know, in thongs or barefoot and would lift my foot up and down, which like I've had tib ant tendonitis before. And if, if it's really bad, like I can't actually lift my foot up and down without it hurting. But this one was only when there was like um, pressure put on the tendon. So anyway, Monday I did an hour at 4.11s. Um, I felt it a little bit, but it, it didn't get worse. And as soon as I stopped running, there's no pain. Tuesday's session, I uh, jumped on the treadmill. I did five by six minutes uh, with one minute rest. Um, so I think it had been about three and a half weeks since I did this session on the treadmill. Um, and three and a half weeks ago, I was doing them all at 3.30 per K. So this week I did the first rep at 3.26s um, just to check what the heart rate was doing. And it was relatively low. So I then bumped it up to 3.20s for the next four reps. And um, my heart rate was probably averaging about four or five beats lower than it was three and a half weeks ago for what, like 10 seconds a K faster. But it was one of those ones where the garage was pretty hot and humid. So my perceived effort felt actually pretty high. Like, you know, where you've got that little bit of extra stress that you you need to focus on. Oh, man, this is really uncomfortable because of the heat, not just the, the fact that you're running sort of hard. Um, but like I, uh, yeah, like I was averaging, I think, 159 average was like my highest for the um for the last rep of that so that was encouraging from a heart rate point of view um and then yeah wednesday because it's normally my midweek long run i decided just to take it off just to i thought if maybe just take one day icing some anti-inflams um it would settle down i then jumped on the treadmill on thursday um so viv and the kids have gone down to melbourne uh for the melbourne cup carnival so i think i've got like 11 or 12 days it's just me and russell um so i got all this free time now so i jumped on the treadmill when i got home wasn't sure how far i was going to run but i did 90 minutes listened to road to valencia episode three um, there was no pain whatsoever um so then normally do my session on the friday but because i did 90 minutes Thursday afternoon, I decided just to run, uh, just jog for an hour on the Friday at 4.15s. Then Saturday morning, I went out for a session and I hate Saturday morning sessions. I, I love I love doing my Tuesday afternoons and I love doing my Friday afternoons, but Saturday mornings just suck. Um, and it was super windy. So I went to this uh, suburb near the AIS. Um, it's about an 800 metre loop and I thought it's probably the best place that's flat and sort of out of the wind. So the session was seven two-minute reps off a minute. I've titled it Solid Jog. So for the reps, I was running about 305s and for the jog, and I was jogging at like four-minute Ks. Um, but this one was a real shock to the system. I haven't run uh, – like all of my sessions, I, I guess, since coming back from being sick have either been like real tempo and controlled or if I've done – shorter reps they've been off like complete standing recovery which is completely different when you like not that four minute k's is quick but if i'm running like, like 305s is probably like my 5k pace so i'm running two minutes at 5k pace and then jogging a minute at four k uh four minute k's like i felt good for maybe the first four reps and then the last three i started to get that sort of 
you know, end of Montefartlek, end of a race feel where you look down, you look down about, you know, you think it's about 90 seconds into the rep and it's a minute and you're like, oh, I'm working pretty hard now. So uh, end up being just over 6K, 319 average. Um, it was a hard session, but I think every now and then you need one of those to sort of just bring you up a little bit. Um, then that afternoon, because uh, I had a bit of time on my hands, I jumped on the treadmill, uh, been watching Welcome to Wrexham. Have you guys heard of that documentary? I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Is it where – is it Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds and yeah. another actor by Wrexham Football Club. Mm. Um, and so I'm sort of maybe eight episodes in. Uh, I'm quite enjoying it. Actually, Wrexham's um, where Clousy yeah. lives. That's, yeah. I was like – I was listening to that. Um, well, I was seeing the name of it thinking, where the fuck do I know Wrexham from? Mm. Wales, right? Yeah, is it's it, Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Gotcha. So, it's, yeah, so that's on Disney Plus. So, was, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And it's funny, though, like, I reckon pretty much the time that this came out, Clousy's gone missing from Strava. So, yeah, I don't know, maybe he's, maybe he's trying to um, try out for the Wrexham Football Club. <laughs> uh, yes, I did 30, 35 minutes, uh, 4.48. And then Sunday, uh, 30K at 4.05s. Um, this one was a bit of a – last 15 minutes was a bit of a grind. It was just a bit warmer. Uh, I think the session on Saturday was still in my legs. Like, cause it, yeah, there's some days when I can roll 30K at four-minute Ks and it feels, like, pretty comfortable. But this one was definitely, like, the last 15 minutes, I'm like, yeah, this has been a pretty hard long run. <laughs> Andy, so, Andy, you're still there after <laughs> us giving our weeks? Um, yes, I am. <laughs> tell, tell me how scared you would be on a scale of 1 to 10 rocking up to Canberra doing a long run with Crokes. <laughs> Very scared. I was actually just thinking this. This is similar to my midweek long run in marathon training. I don't go quite as quite as far, and it is my least favorite run of the week because it's so hard. Like it's just uncomfortable. You just get to the last, as you said, the last twenty thirty minutes. You're not enjoying life, and like this is when I'm in like peak fitness. I'd say, and here you are, like so much older. <laughs> A little bit slower. So <laughs> much older. So and, much slower. And like, <laughs> you just do it every. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like I get a lot of. Uh, I don't know. Me- mentally, I feel like it makes you relatively strong to be able to just like. Yeah, I don't. It's not. This is not a race. A race effort. But you know, running at a decent clip on tired legs, I feel helps me. Um, well. Uh, I guess I'm more of a strength runner now than I am speed based. Um, but that being said, like I didn't enjoy this run, and I went home and I'm like, fuck, I need to, I need to change something up. Like the whole weekend for me, actually, like getting out of bed Saturday morning, knowing that I had to do a session because I'd pushed everything back a day, and I, and it was a solo session. I'm like, you know, you, you know, when you rock up to a session, or maybe you don't because you guys love running so much, but you rock up to a session and you sort of don't want to get out of the car. You might, maybe I'll just check my emails a bit or I'll check, you know, Strava or you're just, you know, putting it off. So that's how I felt Saturday. And then when I finished this long run on Sunday, I'm like, fuck, I need to stop doing this. Like I need to start, I need to start meeting people. Um, yeah. Just to get some enjoyment back. I think. Yeah, get some I breaks on. I think there's two things there. Like I know I try and run a lot with people, which you don't, don't seem to run with that many people um and like i know moose you do as well and the other thing is races like that's what gets me motivated and i know you're a little bit different but i get motivated about oh yeah i'm doing a 3k in three weeks 
like I want to try and run as fast as I can and that's what motivates me to do those sessions um so I just reckon run with people and uh and have some company and I don't know I know Brady gets into you all the time about um about races but I just think that will increase that motivation yeah I, I I would be interested to see if I started running with people like most days of the week and like you know my Mondays were 4:30s to 4:40s instead of 4:10s and my Sundays are well you know let's say at least half of my Sundays are 4:20s to 4:30s and then you know maybe once a month I have one a bit quicker just to see how that affects like the rest of my week um, yeah and yeah. running with someone slows you down because you're talking to them so therefore you're you just naturally, and I think that's the perfect pace. Like if you can't hold a conversation, I think you're running a bit too fast. So yeah, no, I, I agree. So I'm going to try and uh, change a few things up. But I did run on the treadmill this afternoon. I did 10k at 4:48. So that's the slowest Monday I've had in a long time. That's because if you go too fast, you'll uh, you won't be able to hear the um, hear the movie that you're watching. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the training goes too loud. I did watch another episode this afternoon. Yeah, that's good. For uh, you. All right, let's um let's give some patrons a shout out. Do you want to go first, Andy? Yeah, so I've got uh, Hamish Morcom. Uh, he's actually a very big Bendigo Bat supporter. So he's uh he's from Bendigo. Uh, actually has a five k PB of seventeen fifty one uh, in a race that you know well, the five k frenzy moose. You've done, done that one before. Tick that off. Second place to you. Yep um his 10k is a time trial so take this with a grain of salt uh 3809 and we believe that he has a border collie uh good dog i like that i rate that hate that uh, nothing on strava since late august so he's um he's just going dark for for some reason or not and he's a occupational therapist at bendigo special development school which i'm sure would be a very tough job but also rewarding so thank you hamish Hamish getting around with one of those Bendigo bat shirts, is he? Yeah, he's got the he's got the shirt, he's got the hat, he's got the Ernie Old singlet, he's got the whole kit. Stick on tap. Do you know what he doesn't have though, Andy? He doesn't have he doesn't have you on Strava. He's got every (laughs) (laughs) he's got everyone everyone but you. That's gotta hurt. The big dog of town is not following you. Yeah, Hamish, I'm not sure what I've done to you. I might have stolen a few of your CRs, maybe, but I'd, I'd appreciate the follow on Strava, considering some of the people you're, some of the people you're following, not not that great value on Strava. So just lift your game there a little bit, Hamish. <laughs> Who are you referring to, mate? I won't name names. <laughs> uh, Who you good. got, Moose? Well, I've got Matt Hansen, who could be the, um, who could be the most famous run like follower that we've ever had, because he's got a YouTube channel. Um, he's turned 18 now, which is big for him. Now he can drive and, and drink. He's from Birkdale, Queensland. YouTuber, social media influencer, runs for the Burt Squad. Uh, so big influential squad on the in Brisbane, actually. Um, he's just finished high school, Queensland old school cross-country champ, finished 10th at National Cross in under-20s which kind of shows you the depth in Queensland, not quite there, Matt. But, look, you just race who you can race in Queensland and you're the best there. Uh, on the track, got PBs of 3K. Oh, he's got PBs, um, 8.30 for 3K, 14.47 for 5. Uh, has just signed to go to 
New Orleans um, college or the University of New Orleans or some sort of variation of that wording um, next year. So he's going to be in the States, which I think he'll thrive given that he's um, quite a confident young lad. He rocked up to us, to our group long run um, in summer this year and it was like 30 degrees. He's wearing like a fleece hat. <laughs> this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. This casual hat sort of, you know, like um, kind of five panel hat made of fleece on the hottest day, hottest long run of the year. Yeah, so real weird vibes about Matt Hansen. <laughs> but he pulled it off. He did keep up with us the whole run. Um, started complaining about the hills late, which was expected. He was 17 on a long run with men. Um, but kudos to him. He kept up. Definitely one to watch, especially now that he's in the uh, American system. Uh, thanks, Matt. I've got a shout-out for Cat Watt. Uh, Kat lives over in Perth in WA. Uh, she's a mum. She has a world athletics profile. So you know you've got some decent PBs if you've got a world athletics profile. She runs uh, 9.10, oh, sorry, 10.19 for 3K, 17.42 for 5, 38.17 for 10, 81.12 for the half marathon and ran 2.49 for the marathon in Melbourne this year. She won the Perth Marathon in 2019 and also won this year's Rottnest Island Marathon. So thanks for your support, Kat. Good on you, Kat. Thank you. A message now from our podcast partner, Lululemon. We've been talking about and wearing Lululemon's limited edition Movember product range. In today's world, we know that mental wellbeing support is needed more than ever. As part of Lululemon's ongoing commitment to elevate mental wellbeing, Our partnership with Movember hopes to accelerate and expand access to wellbeing tools across Australia and New Zealand, creating real lasting change within our communities. You can show your support for Movember with this limited edition Lululemon Movember product collection. Lululemon is here to support you while you support Movember in changing the face of men's health. Try it out for yourself with free shipping and free returns for all online orders. Go to lululemon.com.au. Um, all right, running news. Let's uh, let's start with Noosa Bolt, shall we, Andy? Yeah, so a race that we all know well about because uh, I feel like you always talk about that time you did at Croaks. I can tell that Andy Andy listens to the show. <laughs> yes, I finished joke. I finished sixth. They pay down to, they pay down to beat, fifth. Who would I beat? Uh, I beat Pat Tiernan, yeah, but, right. uh, yeah. but Geordie, Geordie Williams pipped me for fifth. Yeah, right. Yeah. Heard that enough. Heard you <laughs> beat that, Pat Tiernan enough. Thanks, that thanks for that, bringing it up, Andy. I'll pay you later. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't mention stall. Um, so, yeah, Noosa Bolt, we had uh, Jack Rain. I actually watched this. It was a uh, pretty average live stream, but I suppose it's pretty tough with this um, with this event, we're so used to having it around a track, which is very easy to film, obviously, whereas this is, um, yeah, it's kind of out and back. Uh, Jeez, wasn't Craig Mottram up and about on the commentary? He was. <laughs> I, laughed at, I laughed at the start when he only mentioned one female, and that was his athlete, and didn't <laughs> mention anyone else, and I was very unsure about the singlet he was wearing. He's The rig he has at the moment, he shouldn't be wearing a singlet. Oh, he had a singlet on. I didn't he had see a singlet the on. That. No, I just yeah, when they were interviewing the winner, Jack, um, at the end, they had him on screen, and yeah, it's because um, he just he just run in the um he just done the legends race. 
Yeah, right. That yeah. okay. I'll I'll leave. I'll let it. I'll let that one slide this time. But maybe you should just chuck a, a t-shirt on. <laughs> T-shirts when you're that with that rig. Yeah. Um, but look, it's look. That's rough. Giving smack to uh to yeah. Craig Mottram. Andy. To the to the current 5K Australian record holder. Yeah, that's all right. I'm okay with that. Um, so we had Jack Rayner. He actually he won. So uh, he ran 13:53, which is very quick considering the U-turns in this. Um, 12 seconds off the course record. Um, he broke away very early. Matt Clark went with him, so probably had a bit of confidence from Melbourne half, where Clarky just sat on sat on Jack for most of the way. And um, yeah, unfortunately, Clarky couldn't couldn't hold on this time and. Jack Bruce and Callum Davies were second and third, so they were uh, 30 seconds back. So once again, another dominant display by Jack. He's um, yeah, he's unstoppable at the moment. He just any race he enters, he wins quite easily and and runs them well. And he's um, I don't know, I really like it. I think he's a great character for for running. He's got a really high profile, and I think he's um, he's outside the box. He's something a bit different. Um, so I'm all for this, and I think it's great for running as well. Really into his flowers lately, isn't he? <laughs> that that Instagram trend is so bizarre. It's like find the shittest photos you can and then post them. Like, I don't understand it. Is this a trend that's just not him, or is this just him? I, it, I don't know. He's probably creating trends, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, um, he starts trends now. He probably <laughs> does. But, yeah, he loves the flowers. Um, it's a bit of an interesting post from jack but um seems to be working he did it before bernie on his story mm. one um australian record and then did it again in noosa the day of the race and won again so um he'll probably keep posting them but in the ladies oh just a, just another question for you because we got you here andy you're a star and all i thought we should just make use of, take advantage of this um chuck stewie in this race what happens I think Stewie would struggle on this course um, just with the U-bends and Stewie's terrible. Like, you should see. You'd know what he's like running. He's just – yeah, I think Jack would have him. I I think um, just the strength Jack has and the confidence as well and just the road race is so different to a track race. So I think I think Jack would still have him. Um, it would have been tight, though. I would It would have been great to see. Um, but, yeah, I'd go Jack. How about you guys? Yeah, it's hard to know. It's I I don't know because we've only seen Stewie a couple of times on the road, really, haven't we? Mm. Um, we saw him at Bernie, where obviously Jack's beaten him down. Yeah, twenty eight oh three ran there, I think. Yeah, um, there were some very tight corners in this race. Like you said, you, they had a camera set up on one of the corners. That was precarious going around there. Yeah, and there's a gutter right on the corner too. I saw the men. The first time round, a few blokes nearly tripped, and I think there was actually a fall in the girls' race. There the was, yeah. They went round, yeah. It's interesting. But also, it's the time where you know Stewie has had probably a longer season on the track, so who knows? Like he's probably had a bit of downtime as well. Um, I'm I'm guessing uh, Stewie won't run Zatapec. Have you guys heard anything? I haven't. Um, Do you reckon he will run? I don't think he will. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he will either. Yeah, it's, I don't. I think he'll mainly focus on the on the five k a bit. But imagine being Jack at the moment. You rock up to all of these like major road races in the country, and you can pretty much like 
look at the um, look at the website, look what the prize money is, and go, oh yep, I'll put that in my account before the race before the gun's even gone off. And then, you know, you're half you're halfway through the race, and he's got it sewn up. Probably similar to you with AV, um, Andy. Yeah, just the AV prizes aren't <laughs> quite as good. <laughs> but yeah, it must be an it must be an awesome feeling just going, oh, yep, I've got this I've got this one after halfway. <laughs> it would be. And like it just boosts his profile so much. Like there's a reason why he's got so many thousand Strava followers on Instagram and, and Nike would love that as well. Um so it's it's a unique time, but that's the thing, he, he's gotta make the most of this. Like he's um obviously he gets his Nike contract, but he doesn't get paid fortnightly like like us teachers, um, so he's got to make the most of this. But it's yeah, it's good to see him running well, considering like over in Com Games he had a bit of a stress reaction in his shin. So mm. he um yeah, hopefully he can just get some get some time together, like string some good months together, because he just seems to break yeah. down a little bit. But um, we see he seems to be a guy though that runs well off pretty low mileage. I heard his interview after Bernie, and he said that. One thing that they've been doing recently is not running quite as much, um, which means he's been feeling fresher for for sessions and obviously races. So, um, yeah, it seems like he's in that sort of sweet spot, like probably 120, 130K a week. Yeah, and he's been having a rest day um, as well where he often goes for a bit of a ride, apparently. So I think that's – I think it's work, and it's another thing with running. I think we get so caught up that we have to run every single day. And how many athletes – like around like world-class athletes do they do the same thing over and over like it's not many so i think we just we're such a slave to it so it's um mm. yeah it could be a trend going forward but in the women's race uh caitlin adams she got the win in 1605 so she won melbourne 10k so that's another nice little payday for her lauren ryan uh haven't heard her name for a little bit 1617 and then rose davies another big Benigo Bats fan in third place in 16.26. So there was a lead group at the front. I know Nat and Rose were doing a bit of leading. Uh, Kate, Caitlin made a bit of a move, probably, I'm going to say K, 2K to go, got away and pretty comfortable win in the end. Hey, um, Andy, you're pretty close to, to Rose. And just a question, like, she seems to have been a little bit off the boil the second half of this year. Like, you know, she um, ran that time to qualify for the world champs in the 10K and then has sort of seemed to struggle in the second half of the year. Like, do you know sort of what's what's going on there? Uh, yeah, I know a little bit. Um, I think that a lot of people forget that she's, I think she's 22. Um, and she was over in America and Europe for essentially six or seven months straight. And that's on your first European trip. That's a long time. Um, so I think it's, she's just still learning. She's still really young in her career. Um, and she's still learning what it, what it takes to be a full professional. I think, uh, what it takes to be a full-time athlete and you have to get used to living overseas, um, and I know I'd struggle with that, like basing yourself in London and then going to different cities every two, three weeks. Like I'd, I'd hate that, living out of a suitcase um, for six months straight. So I think that was a massive learning curve. And she ran really well in that 10K um, in America when she went over there. But then she was trying to back up at World Championships like three, four months later. And that's really hard to do. So, yeah. Um, all right, so that's Noosa Bolt. We also had the New South Wales 3K champs on um, Saturday night at ES Marks, and this is always 
I guess it's the start of the New South Wales sort of track season, but it's probably the best night that they put on because you got the the 800 metre, 1500 metre runners that have you know come off their winter training, step up, and then you've got 5k runners, 10k runners coming down, and they all sort of meet, and there's you know down to like G G divisions and community races. Um, I'm not sure if you boys saw it, but in the men's like Cam Myers absolutely destroyed them in the last 200. Like it looked like a training run for him. Um, he ran 8.10 to win. He's 16 years old. Uh, Adam Pike was second in 8.12 and William Lewis was third in 8.13. But, yeah, Cam Myers was pretty much just playing with them. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe how much he opened up in that last sort of 150. So he's definitely one to watch over the next couple of years. He's coached by, um, by Dick Telford. What do, uh, we, got, what do we know about him? Uh, not a lot. He's run eight. He ran 346, I think, last season. Um, but I know that the boys here, like when I've run with like Josh Johnson and and Jai and and Rory, they've um they've said some pretty good things about him. That he's like they sort of I don't know who, maybe it was Josh sort of compared him to like Inga Britson, you know, like this sort of just young young kid that's a bit of a freak. Um, so but that last eight, lap was impressive. Oh well. It was more that he – so he was in front with 300 to go, but it was almost like he was just controlling the pace there and he was just waiting for anybody to – like anybody to go around him before he then started to kick. Mm. And then he's like, well, no one's going, you know, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. Got to like 150 to go and then he just accelerated. And he put like, what, 30, 40 metres into them in the last 150, I reckon? Yeah. Like, yeah. It was it – was, it would, it, you wouldn't think that was a 16-year-old doing that. No, no. So definitely one to watch. Um, the women's race, it was a runaway. Uh, Holly Campbell, she broke away before 2K. Um, she ran 9.14. Ainsley Van Garan was second in 9.24. And Neve Allen was third in 9.26. So good to see Holly back running well. I know she ran quite well at the Aussie 3K champs last year, but prior to that she'd had quite a few injuries. So... Um, yeah, that's New South Wales 3K champs. Yeah, and then on the weekend we had UTA, which is Ultra Trail Australia. Uh, they're owned by Ironman. Um, so a big event now, like a lot of money, a lot of promo, big like uh, spotlight on the event, I guess. Um, it used to be called the North Face Hunt 100 back when it first started. You would you would call it probably the biggest trail event in the country. Uh, our crazy bastard friend Reese Edwards, he actually went out there and won it. So he ran eight hours ten. Uh, there was some flooding on the course, so they had to do a lot. I think it was fifty k out, fifty k back. That sounds horrible, but that's what it was. Uh, I think it was a bit flatter than normal as well. Which um, the second place runner Scott Hawker. He's a pretty established um, trail ultra runner, um, so he probably didn't get as much trail and hills as he wanted. So he ran 8.18, so eight minutes behind Reese And Sam McCutcheon from New Zealand, he was third, 8.28. Uh, in the ladies, Anna McKenna, she ran 9, nine hours 15. Erica Laurie, 9.41. And Naomi Brown. Oh, eight seconds back. Shit, that's close. Over 100K and you got an eight-second gap. Yeah. Oh, you're not, surely no one's sprinting for home there. 
Um, there was a 50K as well, which uh, Benny St. Lawrence, he actually won, and I think it was pretty tight towards the end. He, there's like a big staircase at the end of this race, and I, I saw some footage of this three guys pretty much together going up the staircase. So Benny St. came out, out on top. He ran three hours, 54.29, so 34 seconds in front of Ronnie Spark, who's from Great Britain. And then a Polish runner, Pioida Barbas, ran three hours, 55.32. So very tight race in the men's. It's actually only 47.8, apparently, according to um, whoever copy and pasted these results in. Yeah, because I think, as as you said, Moose, the course got changed. And in the lead-up, like, that's, that's pretty much all I was seeing in the days leading up was people complaining about, you know, they'd – they paid their money to do, you know, double the elevation and and run through all of the trails that they sort of promised. But then with the amount of rain that they've had up there over the last few months, it just wasn't possible. So rather than like canning the whole event, they've obviously modified it, um, which, yeah, like a lot of people weren't happy about. But, um, yeah, it's, it, think- definitely, it definitely suited the, the uh, more sort of road track runners, given that there was less elevation and more – more fire trail, so easier to run than maybe some of the technical stuff. Yeah, and, like, nature happens. We know that. Like, it's been crazy, but I, I think they didn't release the actual courses until very late in the piece before um, people could decide if they actually wanted to do the new course or not. So that was where the upset uh, runners came from. Um, but anyway, the ladies, Patricia McGibbon, she ran four hours, 48, won the race. She beat Gemma Jenkins, who ran four hours, 55, 10 minutes in front of Gillian Turnbull. Um, so, yeah, UTA's on there. Hey, uh, Andy, given you like running over hills, we'll um, see you doing this sort of stuff one day. Uh, I'm in no rush. Maybe once I'm as old as you croaks and no longer setting PBs, I might. Like, I, I understand the adventure side of it, but at the moment there's no – no desire at all um especially 100k like that doesn't that doesn't do anything for me maybe like a 40 50k right along to hotham mate yeah that's um i hear there's a pretty easy course record there up for grabs <laughs> not sure you'd be tough enough for that but you could try <laughs> what yeah, about you so, moose do you reckon you jump into any of these in the future oh uh, i actually would have loved to except my knees so fucked i couldn't do the training for it I would have liked to – I still really would love to do Western States 100. Mm-hmm. I, like, that is the, the that is a race that I think a good runner could would do well at. Like, it's not like a good hiker. It's a good runner would do well there. There's yeah. a big difference too. Between hiking and running? Yes. There is, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. What, are your, what are your thoughts on these backyard ultras that are all the rage at the moment? Oh, this is a – see, this is a different sort of – mental challenge to be out there with sleep deprivation this is the kind of shit that like test people who go and do like special forces entry tests like like the sas course where you're out for two weeks straight and you have minimal sleep and like the you know ever watch the documentary on the navy seals they do that um like hell week Mm. um where they this is the same thing where these guys go for like three or four days straight with barely sleeping. A bloke uh, from a bloke from Bendigo did one um, recently, and he was telling me that he had a 
you have to have a guide with you a lot of the time. This was one actually up in the Alps, so it wasn't a backyard one. Mm. And um, and you get to certain checkpoints and you have to check your name in to say you've been through that checkpoint. And he got there and he couldn't spell his name because he was that <laughs> fucked. He just he was so tired he couldn't write his name. And you're yeah. like, hey, what are you doing? Just crazy. It is insane. And, like, just a, a lot of the backyard ultras, it's like you go and do a 7K loop, you have an hour to do it, and so if you finish that in 35 minutes, you have 25 minutes of rest before you start the next lap. Um, and that goes on until it's like the last man standing, basically. So you mm. can go and go and go and go and go. Uh, it <laughs> It's, it's kind of like the definition of a nightmare for me, not yeah, something that I'd ever want to do. It's exercising. That's what we call triathletes. They're exercises. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I actually pay more credit to these dudes that can do it. Say like you're out there. Think about this, right? Andy, instead of going to sleep tonight, you just stay awake, watch TV all night. Yeah. Right? And then next day you're like super tired. Instead of going to work, you just sit on your couch. And then tomorrow night you're like absolutely fucked, but you decide to stay up, watch TV. Hmm. Now add in running, then add in cold and rain and like deprivation of like food and water and it's just crazy to think yeah, about yeah. like how much stress there is on the body different world yeah like yes they might not be fast athletes but mm -hmm. I, I actually have a lot of respect for the ones that can keep going all night that, that that's impressive to me different kind of impressive to like you going and like squirting off a 28 minute 10k or something yeah. we compare it to like the times when you if traveled overseas and you get somewhere and you got jet lag and you still got to stay up the rest of the day and you, you feel like you you feel like you're hung over or drunk but then yeah. you've got to you got to exercise as well yeah and instead of being on a plane you've exercised the entire time yeah so <laughs> Um, so the only other bit of running news I had for the week was the uh, – and Jess made mention of it last week that the South Australian 10,000-metre champs were on. I believe they were on yesterday morning. Um, I couldn't find any results on their website. Um, I know Jacob Cox won in about 30.07 because I saw his Strava, um, but that's all I've got. I don't know who won the women's, um, but you would have thought that, I don't know, a state organisation should have live, like, live results or at least the results up 24 hours after but um yeah what well, maybe if i find the women's result i'll i'll uh, read it out next week um all right listen a question mate yeah good before we two, two yeah, good ones yeah so before we get to listen to question uh, we're going to hear from lululemon ambassador ollie woolrich to hear about the upcoming more than a run event in support of movember Lululemon have teamed up with Movember to improve men's well-being through movement, mindfulness and connection. As part of our month-long partnership with Lululemon, we have a two-part series of mini-interviews with the founders of More Than A Run, an event that clubs and running groups around the country can get behind for an important cause. This week we had the privilege of interviewing Lululemon Ambassador and Vipers Run Club founder, Ollie Woolrich. Welcome to the Inside Running Podcast, Ollie, and thanks for giving up some time to speak with us. Hey, gents. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's great to be here. Yeah, so there's a fair bit to unpack from that intro, but let's start with the More Than A Run event. So what is it? When did it start? And how can people get involved? 
Um, so More Than A Run came about probably only last year, in the middle of the year. And essentially, More Than A Run uh, is an opportunity for community run clubs to come together and um, collaborate in a way that probably hasn't been done before. Uh, we call it a decentralised event. So essentially, run clubs can take part from anywhere, you know, where they're from. Um, we do see a hell of a lot of collaboration among neighbouring run clubs, which is really cool to see. But essentially, More Than A Run is a, a running event of, of three different distances. You can run the 10, the 30 or the 60 kilometre distance. And we pair those distances with a mental health stat. So we so it's really clear why um, a runner is taking part. So the, the Movember 10 would be for the 10% of Australian males that suffer from anxiety. The Movember 30 is for the 30% of 30% um, rise in male suicides in this country in the last decade. And the Movember 60 is for the 60 men that die every hour around the globe of suicide. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a, a great success. It only started last year. And originally it was actually just meant to be for Sydney run clubs. We were going to get a couple of different different run clubs that we knew, some mates together and, and put something together. And then very quickly it grew last year to um, over 145 run clubs around Australia and New Zealand. Mm -hmm. uh, we had close to 2,000 participants and we raised uh, we raised over 650 grand. So oh. um, yeah, really a really great, um, a really humbling uh, thing to witness, to see the, the community running community, you know, the, the community level of the running community come together and um, raise some, some big money and start some really valuable conversations. So how do people sign up for this? And, and obviously you're looking to maybe try and crack the million this year? Uh, yes, we are. Uh, we've got lofty goals uh, um, for a million, which I actually just checked this afternoon. We're already over sixty-five thousand, which is which is really cool. But essentially, um, you can you can get involved from going to morethanarun.com.au. Um, all you need to, do, and that will give you some information. It'll then send you to the Movember website, and, and it's pretty simple, really. It's like you're signing up to, to Movember, um, but you just, you know, just accept um, there's a challenge called More Than A Run, and you just sort of have your team join that, and then all of the, the funds come together and pull together on the website, and it's, um, yeah, it's pretty simple. So do you, uh, do you pick your own route? Is it, do you upload Strava, or how does it, uh, how does it work on the day of the um, event? Yeah, so what we do is essentially you do pick your own route. Um, so we we have these two little catchphrases. We say it, it's not about the where, it's about the why, and it's not about the cause. It's not about the course, it's about the cause. So essentially, it's we give run clubs and the run community some autonomy around what they want to do on that that last Saturday of November. Um, and what we find, which is really encouraging, is that these that neighbouring run clubs actually really want to collaborate with each other. They kind of reach out to each other and and maybe for the first time in a long time they've been kind of given the permission slip to to start to work together um we always said alex and myself who i'm sure you'll speak to you know most commonly run clubs come together to to race each other you kind of start on the you stand on the start line of a, of a race and you want to beat the the, the the guy or girl next to you and and this is a chance to come together for a common cause you know there's no winner here the winner will be will be men's health and and the running community so um, yes, we have, uh, you are able to pick your own course. However, in every city, in every major city in Australia and New Zealand, we, we have these amazing groups of collaborating run clubs that have kind of put their brains together and said, okay, what are we going to do for the day? Um, whether it's, you know, 
Um, Brisbane's going to run up and down the river there. Perth is going to go up and down the Swan River. Adelaide's doing some st cool stuff along the beach. So, um, yeah, it's been really, it's been a really cool thing to witness watching this collaboration happen among neighbouring run clubs. Yeah, cool. And one of those clubs is your club, mate, the Vipers Run Club. So yeah. let's let's talk about Vipers Run Club. Pretty good name you got there. What, firstly, what, where did you get the name from? And then where do you operate out of? And uh, talk us through it. So the name, there's a, there's a well, we, we operate out of Manly, uh, the northern beaches of Sydney. And yep. there's, a, there's a famous hill uh, near Manly that's affectionately known as Snake Hill. Um, and it's really famous because it's a great hill to train on. So we used to go there every every Thursday and, um, you know, put, put some work into that hill. And when we were ready to come up with a bit of a name for the club, this was in late 2018, uh, we thought we should pay homage to our spiritual home being Snake Hill and, and uh, yeah, Vipers popped up. So we went with it. And, uh, yeah, we're, you know, it's it's a... We do a lot of running uh, with with Vipers, but it's also it's it's a space which um, it's only for men, and we really try to fill a lot of objectives outside of running around men's health, men's happiness, and um, you know really try to create a space for men to go back to their families or their offices um, and be great versions of themselves, better dads, better husbands, better sons, better mates. So um, yeah, yeah, kind of like a social club, but with running is like the uh was the the bond that joins everyone yeah that's right i you know i often joke that you know we connect what we do is we connect men through the distraction of running um so i think men are great at, at, at well far better at talking shoulder to shoulder than what they are face to face um Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's been amazing over the years. There's about 160, 170 members, and it's been just amazing to see some of the, the mateships and, and these really um, special narratives that have come out of, of the club through, you know, connecting in a, in a healthy space. Hey, Ollie, clearly you're passionate about men's health, and I believe you've had your own mental health battles. Um, if you don't mind, can you sort of chat how running has helped you through that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, you're right. I'm... I'm I'm really, I'm really passionate about mental health, or I like to use the word happiness a lot, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was struggling in, in my early 20s. Um, and then on a whim, one day, my dad said, um, you should go start running. And at the time, I seriously wasn't in shape to, to go running, but I started anyway, and very quickly, I fell in love with it. And um, I've kind of let running um, teach me a lot of things. I think it's a I think it's a really great way to learn about yourself and to set some goals and then start ticking those those goals off and kind of let the confidence you um, you gain in your running permeate into other parts of your life. And and now, you know, 10, 15 years later, you know, I feel like I'm in a place where I can really um, contribute to, to this space of mental health through the love of running. Um, I've done some big sort of charity runs in my time and um, big long distances. And yeah, I, all, all the best people in my world are runners and I, and I owe a lot to, to running and, and what, it's, what it's offered me over the years for sure. In uh, Mexico to Panama, how long did that take you and how many kilometres is that? Oh, you're giving me nightmares thinking about it already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was fine. Um, it took me 199 days. I ran, um, I ran just a few k shy of 6,000 k. I did five marathons a week. Um, 
five very slow marathons a week. Um, I had a cart that I was pulling behind me, which had some kit in it. And uh, yeah, it was a great adventure. I raised lots of money for, for, for a mental health charity and um, a really great adventure. And truthfully, probably something that that has springboarded me into this, this life where I, I choose to give up a lot of time and put a lot of energy into trying to... Um, Trying to help the space, trying to trying to make happy and healthy people around me and and, and around Australia. Awesome. So, Ollie, like we've talked a lot about men's health, but um, and men in general. But is there a way for for ladies to get involved in um in the Movember uh, more than a run? Yeah, yeah, and it, it it's something that both myself and Alex, the the co-founder, is we're really passionate about, and and I think traditionally Movember's being very male centric. Um, but what we love about More Than a Run is that, you know, of course, running is is for men and women. And, and I think that to give a chance for women to show up for the men in their lives, to care for, for brothers and dads and sons, and, and to be able to put some, the, the, you know, lace up their shoes on the on the 26th of November and and go out and, and run some purposeful kilometers with with their community is a is a really cool thing. Uh, where, you know, this this move for Movember, um, is something that's new to the charity and it's it's definitely come off the back of them acknowledging that there are a lot of women around Australia and New Zealand that really want to you know make a difference in men's health I, I don't think men's health is a is is a men's issue nor is women's health a women's issue it's it's an issue for society and and we can all contribute um in in, in the multitude of ways so yeah the, we call them Mo sisters um we had about 25, oh, about 35% of participants in last year's more than a run, um, women. And we actually had 25% of the run clubs that took part as all women run clubs, which was a really cool thing to see um, and something we're, we're hoping to, to continue to promote this year and, and into the future. Awesome, Ollie. Well, yeah, thanks so much for your time tonight and congratulations on everything you're doing in this space. Like, it's pretty awesome to have you know, a company like Lululemon jump on board an initiative that you founded. So that must feel pretty good. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, absolutely. We're very lucky to have their support and, and it's been really amazing getting to know their business over the last year or so. And, and um, yeah, they're, they're very passionate and genuine people. And uh, as you say, we're, we're really thrilled to, to have them partner with us and, and to take this thing to the, you know, the length of which it's got to already and, and will continue to grow uh, over the years. We're here for here for the long game we are. Great. Oh, anyway, thanks again for your time, Ollie. And, um, yeah, I think next week we're going to chat to uh, chat to Alex, another Lululemon ambassador. Yeah, and a, and a great mate of mine. Uh, thanks for having me, gents. Um, Good on you, mate. Yeah. All right. Listen to question. Uh, we'll do the top one. comes from George Rice. Best running movie ever. Oh, Andy, go first. Yeah, I saw this and I, I really, yeah, put the thinking hat on and uh, it's a bit at left field. You probably wouldn't expect it, but there's a great Australian film called Cliffy based oh. around Cliffy Young <laughs> yeah. and it's got like real, real like the castle vibes, like just Australian. You know who was on it? Kevin, what's his name? Um, the main actor was the guy out of one of their movies, like famous or the TV show. Wow. Yeah, wasn't he on? Was he on Neighbours or The Dish? I think he was he on got, everything, think, wasn't he? Yeah, he was on yeah. everything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, so that's that's mine. It's not like it's just classic. Like I'd actually love for a international listener from Norway, Christian, if you're listening, 
try to find ABC iView and look up Cliffy and watch this movie and it will make no sense at all to you. But it's, um, <laughs> that's one of mine. It's real left field, but I really like it. It's just a good laugh. So good. how about you guys? Well, before I answer, how many running movies do you reckon there are out there? Like, oh. I, I don't know that many. There'd be 20. So there's a good one. Gebra Slassy has a movie of his life, but it's like a doco, but it's actually like him acting in his own movie. Um, so it's okay. I haven't actually, I haven't actually like watched that start to finish. I saw bits and pieces. Um, the the chariots of fire. Throw that out there because that would be a big answer for yeah. a lot of people. Um, that's like the original running movie, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Where yeah, it was like I don't know which Olympics it was. Was it Rome Olympics maybe? Uh, anyway. Um, and then you've got the two Prefontaine movies, Without Limits and Prefontaine. Yeah. So both pretty good, pretty controversial back in the day in um, in Oregon when they went, they kind of split, they split the uh, Oregon crowd a little bit because some people aligned with one movie and others aligned with, with the other. But uh, for me, the, um, the best movie for me, oh, and Anthony Famoletti has a movie called... Um, Fire on the Track. You ever see that one? Remember I've Anthony Family? Fam- yeah. 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 So that was kind of like an iconic movie back in the day. Wasn't Fire Where- on the Wasn't Fire on the Track to do with Pre as well? Oh, was it I Reckless that- Running? Reckless. Yeah. Maybe? I think I think that was Without Limits and Fire on the Track were the two Pre ones. No, it definitely was called Pre Pre Fontaine. That was the name of it. Let me just search for Anthony Famoletti's movie. Well, um, while, you, while you're searching that, so my one is Without Limits because that is the one that when I was younger and I was running on the track regularly and I didn't have kids and had a lot of free time and I was a uni student, if I had a big race coming up, I would always watch Without Limits and it would always pump me up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. And is that the is Without Limits the one with um, Ed O'Neill and um, Jared Leto? Uh, yeah. And it's got um oh who plays Bauman? It's um oh who is it? It's got Mary Mary Potter is like the the chick. Uh without it it would be because the other one's a little bit the other one feels like lowest less lower scale. Um yeah, yeah, so one was a big blockbuster one, yeah. Donald one Yeah, was, Donald Donald Sutherland. Was yeah. in without limits, so he he played um he played Bauman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, they are good those two. I'm, Billy, I'm, Billy Crudup was the um guy that played Pre in Without Limits. Oh, so that wasn't Jared Leto. No. Oh, so that was the other one. Jared Leto and Ed O'Neill were in the other one. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, the 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 Anthony Famoletti movie was called Run Reckless. Oh, yeah. I don't know whether it was run reckless. That doesn't seem right to me. So what's your favourite one, Moose? You've listed yeah. about six, six yeah, movies here. Yeah, I'm telling you. If, um, my fam- my favourite one, and it's so weird, It's it was called um, A Thousand Miles Under the Colorado Sun. I think it was called Unbreakable. And it was about an ultra runner called Anton Kropichka. And he was getting ready for the Leadville 100-mile race. And in one month, I think he ran 1,000 miles like in a training week, in a training month, which is 250 miles um, a week. 
And so this guy was like, like he was the ultimate running bum. He would sort of, he he would go out and just do insane amounts of running and um, they filmed him and he used to cut his shoes up, do all sorts of weird shit. And he ended up breaking the, the course record at Leadville that year. So they follow him on his training and then they follow his race as well. And he's just like this long-haired dude, always runs in two-inch splitties with no shirt on. Um, and I loved it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just – I thought it was brilliant. So, Moose, far on the track is the Prefontaine documentary. Ah, um, uh, the doco, right. Yeah. And there's another one. Have you guys seen – it's not all about running, but Unbroken, okay. about Louis, that, Louis Zamperini, American – recent? Yeah, relative yeah. Uh, like 2014. It was oh, actually part of it was war. Yeah, it was filmed yeah. in Australia. So he ran um he ran the 1936 Olympics in the 5K, then went to war and was a prisoner of war. So mm. it's a it's about his life. But they um uh like Matt Cox, you know the uh, marathoner, he was an extra in one of the running scenes because it was filmed in Sydney and some of it was filmed down on the south coast of New South Wales as well. Yeah, cool. Speaking of yeah. Moose, when's your big that one about the the Korean the, movie? Yeah, when's that coming out? You know, yeah, the one you're yeah. like essentially director of. <laughs> yeah, I, I I rocked up for two days, got paid like ten times as much as Joel Tom White did for being there the whole time. Brilliant. Um, no, I don't know about that movie. That's that suffered the COVID fate. <laughs> that was twenty. Yeah, no, that was due to release like mid twenty twenty, and it somehow disappeared i can't even remember what it was called but yeah i look i'm not getting my hopes up for that one just based off the the cast they had when i was there (laughs) um and yeah it was interesting big budget but yeah not sure they nailed the running stuff that well hey um, moose do you want to do that second question or should we save that one for shoe geeks um I don't know. You pick. I don't know. I'm not the All right, boss. Let's, let's do it. So this one comes in from Krishna Stanton, uh, world age group record holder in the marathon. Uh, does anyone suffer from burning on the balls of their feet in new carbon plate racing shoes? London Marathon, it started at 15K. Is it carbon plate, fat pads, friction? It was agony. Yeah. Yes. The answer, Krishna, definitely yes. I've absolutely had this before and it normally does start after like an hour of running for me i got it the first time in the nike zoom fly the first version before um before we even saw the vapor fly the zoom fly released and i was wondering what was happening to my foot because yeah i was getting a hot pain and then it burning is the way like to describe it and I thought, oh, maybe this like fully stiff plates aren't for me because I like it's a personal opinion. My kind of theory on it is that our foot is inside the shoe trying to bend and flex as it would in a normal shoe when we go to toe off. But this shoe is so stiff, the plate through the midsole, that it's not allowing any sort of give in the shoe. And so your foot's kind of fighting against the stiffness of the plate. And um, it creates like a friction right where your foot would normally bend, like at the ball. So I, I, I know, Krishna, what you're talking about. And the softer foams, there tends to be a bit more give. 
between the plate and your foot so you do get a little bit more compliancy there um, so it might be that uh, you need to try like a, a shoe with a softer foam or maybe the plate that sits further from the um, top of the midsole. You had any issues, Andy? No, never in the um, the super shoes. I've had it a little bit in the Invincibles um, mm. and I only run kind of 8K in them. And um, But, yeah, never in the super shoes. I know maybe I've had it in a marathon and I've just had other things that are hurting <laughs> more so you just don't notice it. Um, but, yeah, I can't say it jumps to mind anytime having it yeah i've never had any issues really um with it either yeah we we had a customer come back a week ago saying he got um the burning the burning sort of feeling in the invincible it's interesting you say that because we couldn't Mm. work like we couldn't work out why uh like it didn't make sense to me why that was happening but it was happening so yeah i never got it in the uh, the ones or the twos, but the ones like the newest ones I've had, which are the threes, I believe. No, um, they're the twos still. The twos, okay, yeah. yeah. So the first ones I didn't get in, but the second ones I have, and yeah, yeah, not sure why. Well, it can be from an upper being a bit too tight, so constricting the foot a little bit too. And then there is a new upper on the new shoe. I'm not sure if it's tighter or not. Do you, when you put it on the new version, did you feel like it was um, tighter or looser than the old ones? It's funny because I wear orthotics and I put my orthotic in that didn't seem to fit as well because by the time I put my foot in, I felt like there was less space there. So that does yeah, make sense. Yeah, that would be it yeah. for sure. Just a bit of constriction, like constricting a nerve or something, mm. circulation. All right, Moose. Moose on the loose, purchase of the week. Mm. Mate, I bought some stuff this week for my <laughs> dog. But I don't have, I'm, not ang- I'm not upset about many things at all really everything's pretty good right now but geez i bought some stuff i bought these two new toys for my dog that has like balls on a rope i uh, bought a new treat pouch so a big silicon purple treat pouch um, bought a new leash for him bought a new collar like a um i bought a what else did i buy for him this month i bought treats i bought these salmon skin treats <laughs> Uh, bought a bag of pig's ears, 50 pig's ears, no, yeah, 50 pig's ears for 125 bucks. Um, that's about it. Man, your Facebook must have some weird ads in it, <laughs> like some really weird ads. You should see my YouTube right now. <laughs> so I should link, I watched this video last night of a guy called Bart Ballon. This guy is like the maestro of dog training. Him working with his dog, just search Bart Ballon, B-E-L-L-O-N, Thor, T-H-O-R. That's him working with his Belgian, I think it's a Belgian Malinois dog. Oh, my God. I won't it's... be doing that, Moose. I'm quite, happy with, <laughs> I'm quite happy with my algorithms at the moment and the, um, the stuff that's been sent through to me. <laughs> <laughs> Who's sending you stuff? No, like, you know, when you go onto YouTube or whatever, it's like, you know, stuff that, it, like, it's on topics that you're not oh, yeah. only like watch whereas if i start incorporating that i'll get all these dog videos that i'm not interested in <laughs> mate this is like this is like someone who goes down and runs 20 minute park run watching the kip like watching like the kipchoge break two hours but you've never seen any type of running race before it's like holy shit this is incredible to watch um just the amount of control they have over their dog and like 
how much time and effort that was taken to get that level of um, intuition and and connectedness. So oh. how many how many hours a week are you spending on dog training? Oh well, it's hard because I need to walk the dog as well as train the dog. So often my walks turn into training sessions. So every morning I go out for like a thirty to forty minute walk, but we do training within that, and then I train at night, and then I train at like lunchtime as well. Mm. So I'm not going to answer that question. What, what happens? Uh, what happens to the dog when you're back running 150, 160k a week? Hopefully by that stage he can run a bit, so he comes out with me. Otherwise, I'll have trained him up so good he'll be super sellable. And um, someone will buy him as a security dog protection protection dog. What's what's all his training like? What can he do? Like, what do you? What's the goal here? Just listen to commands and not bite people, or what? Do yeah, you know? listen to com. Uh, no, this is pure like livability as a as a pet. This is like, <laughs> he can do some stuff like um, I can get him like between my legs, and I I start walking, and he and he walks between my legs, looking up at me. Have you seen those videos? Yeah, I have. Yep. Yeah, yep. so a bit of that. Um, um, I can walk with him now. Like I can be on a fast walk where he's right next to me and without me even saying anything, he can sort of – I can do a quick little uh, movement and all of a sudden he stops and waits and I keep walking and he just stops where he is on a dime and then he Impressive. won't move until I, I call him back. That's – that's probably the best one. That's the most impressive one because you can do it without even saying anything. He can, you just like a little bit of leaf pressure and all of a sudden, bang. I could just imagine, you know, those like uh, obstacle courses that the dog does and it has to go through different things and the owner actually ends up running next to the dog essentially to give it the <laughs> commands. I could just imagine you <laughs> running next to the dog. We would be a team. <laughs> all right, That's boys. What training's for. All right. <laughs> I don't think people uh, sign up for inside running to hear dog talk. Of course they do, mate. <laughs> well, they're about to get some. The next 12 months, they're going to be filled with this shit. All right. Well, I think that brings <laughs> us to the end of the show. Um, Andy, you're going to come on again in uh, three or four weeks um, so we can sort of get a recap of where your training's at in the lead-up to World Cross Trial. Um, got, got anything coming up in the next week or two? No, not really. Just um, just some good training. I actually got two of my favourite sessions this week, so it's um, I'm looking forward to it. What do you got? Got eight by K tomorrow night, and then um, hills thresh, hills thresh on Friday. So it's so going to so say eight by K and thirty minute thirty minute to threshold. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say who's I was going to say who's coaching you, Nick or on Scott? A, <laughs> on a slightly different program to some of everyone in Melbourne. <laughs> uh, what about you, Moose? What do you got coming up? Uh, I got a little like it's a conference at the end of the week, and then on Saturday I go to Margaret River to for a little holiday actually. So I'm not going to be here next week for the recording. I'm actually taking a, a night off for once. You're not going to be here. I'm not. No, I'm not oh. here. I'm I'm, so, I'm I'm out. So Brady walks out. You walk out. Well, I'm just going to be left on my own. I'm sure Maybe... you'll find some interesting characters oh. to get on. Maybe five years is our limit. We've hit five years and that's it. No one wants to come on anymore. Got better yeah, things well, to do, you and Brady. Mate, what, five years? Surely I'm due like one night's leave. 
Yeah. After well, five years, Brady's well, taken um, a whole month. He, this is his second holiday, actually. Yeah, I know. He's had a fair bit of time off. You, this year. you haven't had a holiday. No, no, I'm due. Like, yeah, I need yeah. to pay. I need to pay rise all the hours I'm putting in now. Mm, no. <laughs> no, don't you agree. Don't t- no, we're not talking about that. Um, all right, what else is coming up? Uh, so New York, actually, so we'll be recording, well, assuming there's a show next week, uh, New York will be on around this time next week. Uh, Road to Valencia, episode four will be out. I think they're recording tomorrow night, so that'll be out Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning. The boys there, their training's getting pretty spicy. Uh, Christian's in Kenya. Um, boys, question for you on Road to Valencia. If you had to pick finishing times right now for Brady and Toby, what are you going with? Well, does Andy even listen? No, I don't. <laughs> do, you follow, do you follow Toby on Strava? No. Nah. Oh. All right, we'll just throw a number. Just Well, he's coached, he's coached by Moose. Just throw a number out there. I'll say for Toby, 2.17, and I'll say Brady, he's due. He's due for a good one, so I'm going to say 218. Oh, that's harsh. It's mm, harsh, yeah. I reckon. You're an asshole. I reckon well, they're both. I reckon they're both going better than that. I just think it's super hard to convert a marathon. Like you don't see. You've run one, mate. Give it a two. rest. Run two. 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 <laughs> All of a sudden, he's a fucking marathon expert. What about you, Moose? What are you going with? <laughs> they're both. They're both training like very well. Yeah, Toby's going well. Um, not going to throw him under the bus like this. This isn't – you don't. You can't ask the coach six weeks out from the marathon, what's he going to run? I'm not answering it. Does he beat Brady? Yes, convincingly. <laughs> um, Brady will run – Brady will run low 217. Yeah, like I think Brady should break my PB. Yeah, I think he based should on what he's Based on what he's doing. It's But like Andy said, although I give him shit, he's pretty – He's pretty spot on with that comment that he made. It's very hard to convert a marathon. There's a lot more to it than just pure physical fitness. I feel like Brady's I don't know, a different runner now, though. Like his he sessions, is, yeah. his sessions consistently are so much better than they were like the last couple of years. Yeah, so, I agree. Just, I've like I've known him for so many years, and he's just so much. He's just not overthinking things like he used to, and he's got like I think the kids were the best thing for him because he's got this life outside of outside of running and it's just a so much more balanced life. So I actually really hope he has a good one. Um, I just think he got burnt the first few times he did it because he, I think he's just expecting the wall to come. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, but nah, he's hopefully he has a good one. Yeah. No, t- low, so, you know, what did you say? 218, Brad, you said, oh, I reckon like, yeah, like two sixteen, like between two sixteen thirty and two seventeen thirty. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and, and Toby, yeah, probably like two fifteen. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, um, all right, that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks again, Andy. Uh, we'll chat to you in a few weeks, and um, yeah, hopefully there's somebody here next week to join me. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, fellas. See, See you, guys. boys. Lululemon supports you while you support Movember. Discover their Movember collection at lululemon.com.au.
doesn't matter if 